Good morning. Welcome to worship at First United Methodist Church in Martinsville, Virginia. We are delighted that you have joined us today. Today is Good Shepherd Sunday. The fourth Sunday of Easter is always Good Shepherd Sunday when we think about the image of Jesus as our Good Shepherd. Again, welcome. Thanks for being with us this morning. Will you join me in the call to worship, which comes from a New Zealand prayer book? Good Shepherd of the sheep, by whom the lost are sought and guided into the fold, feed us and we shall be satisfied, heal us and we shall be whole, and lead us that we may be with you. Amen. Our opening hymn is Savior Like a Shepherd Lead Us.
join me in the opening prayer. Good shepherd who makes us lie down in green pastures, who leads us beside still waters, and who restores our souls, your faithfulness is no accident. We know you are the one who brings new hope out of despair, resurrection out of defeat, and new life out of death. We pray that you would inspire us, O God, to serve the causes of justice in our broken world. Just as you have been a faithful shepherd to us, enable us to be faithful to those who walk in the shadow of death, to those who sit at table with enemies. Give us gentle voices and courageous ways to live and work that young people and old people alike might know your loving ways. Amen. I would like to ask for the attention of the children for children's time this morning. Today is Good Shepherd Sunday, the time when we think about Jesus, who said that he was the Good Shepherd, who was likened to the shepherd who cares for us all. Now, if Jesus is the shepherd, that makes us the sheep. And a lot of people don't like thinking of themselves as sheep because they say sheep are not all that bright. They're not known to be the, the smartest of animals. But, um, and they're also defenseless. I remember when I was serving one church which had a uh, farmer in it, and he had about 300 sheep. And I went out to his farm and and learned a lot about sheep. And one of the things that I learned about them is that they don't defend themselves. They can be attacked by anything, including birds. Um, so they just, they just don't fight back. They're defenseless. And I think that's a very important thing for us to remember when we think about ourselves like sheep, because we can't defend ourselves either against everything. I mean, if someone at school decides to call you an ugly name, you can't control what comes out of their mouth. Um, if there's a thunderstorm outside that scares you, you can't control whether or not there's a thunderstorm. Things happen to all of us that we just cannot control. We need a savior. We need a shepherd to comfort us when we are in those times of defenselessness. But here's the thing about sheep that makes them unusual and pretty smart. Once, when I was the associate pastor at a church in Charlottesville, uh, my senior pastor went to the Holy Land and had a chance to see actual shepherds and actual sheep that belonged in their fold. And at one point, the shepherds all gathered with their sheep. I think it was about three shepherds came to um, a watering hole to enable their sheep to drink, and all of the sheep got mingled together. And he asked the shepherds how they were going to separate the sheep after they left the watering hole. He wondered if they had been branded or if they had ear tags or how they were going to sort them out. And the shepherds said that they each had their own specific call, and when they made that call, when they made that sound, the sheep would just automatically follow the right shepherd. 
So that is something that is remarkable about sheep. They know the voice of their shepherd. They will follow only the voice of their shepherd. And so if we think about Jesus as our good shepherd, that's a pretty important and special thing um, to think about ourselves as being able to attend or pay attention to only his voice. We actually hear a lot of voices. We hear people telling us what to do, what to buy, how to do things. But if above all of that, we can hear the voice of our shepherd, if we can hear Jesus' voice, we're going to find a way through it all. So sheep aren't that dumb after all. In a lot of ways, if we were more like sheep and paid more attention to the voice of our shepherd, we would find ourselves in better pastures. Thank you so much for joining me this morning. I'll see you next Sunday. As we prepare to receive God's word, let us pray. Thank you, Lord, for your holy word and where it leads us. Thank you for green pastures. Thank you for quiet waters. Thank you for refreshing our souls through your word. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Our Old Testament lesson is familiar to most of us. It is the 23rd Psalm. I have included it today in the King James Version because that is how most of us know this psalm. And I invite you, if you are uh, someone who has this memorized, to say this along with me. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Our gospel lesson is found in the 10th chapter of John's gospel, beginning with the 11th verse. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand, who is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because the hired hand does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life in order to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have power to lay it down, 
and I have power to take it up again. I have received this command from my Father. This is the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. Amen. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Those words are so familiar that we almost don't hear them like they're ecclesiastical elevator music. The words are so common that it's easy to miss how challenging and revolutionary they are. It's easy to pass them over without noticing how they could change the world, how they could turn your life upside down. The entire 23rd Psalm, in fact, is a countercultural manifesto that's stuck right here in the middle of the Bible. Try to imagine with me for a moment, if you will, what our lives and our world would be like if we all lived the 23rd Psalm. First of all, it declares that the Lord is our shepherd and hence we are sheep. That's revolutionary enough, and here's why. Episcopal priest, writer, and professor Barbara Brown Taylor, one of my favorite writers, wrote once about some things that she learned about sheep. Imagine my delight, she wrote, when I discovered last Tuesday that someone I know actually grew up on a sheep farm in the Midwest and that, according to him, sheep are not dumb at all. She blamed cattle ranchers for making this up and spreading that ugly rumor, and all because sheep do not behave like cows. She said that cows are herded from the rear by hooting cowboys and and cracking whips, but that will not work with sheep at all. If you stand behind them and you make loud noises and, and, and crack a whip, all they'll do is run around behind you because sheep prefer to be led. You push cows, she learned, but you lead sheep, and they will not go anywhere that someone else does not go first, namely their shepherd, who goes ahead of them to show them that everything is all right. She continued that sheep tend to grow fond of their shepherds. She writes, it never ceased to amaze him, her friend who grew up on the sheep farm, that he could walk right through a sleeping flock of sheep without disturbing a single one of them. But a stranger could not step foot in the fold without causing complete pandemonium. Sheep tend to consider their shepherds part of the family, and the relationship that grows between the two is quite exclusive. They develop a language of their own that outsiders are not privy to. A good shepherd learns to distinguish a bleat of pain from one of pleasure, while the sheep learn that a cluck of the tongue means food, or a two-note song means that it's time to go home now. In Palestine today, she writes, it is still possible to witness a scene that, that Jesus himself most certainly witnessed 2,000 years ago, that of shepherds bringing their flocks home from the various pastures they have grazed during the day. Often, like my friend learned when he went to Palestine, the flocks will end up around the same watering hole at dusk so that they all get mixed up together 
eight or nine small flocks turning into a convention of thirsty sheep. Their shepherds don't worry about the mix-up, though. When it's time to go home, each one issues his own distinctive call, a special trill or whistle, or a particular tune on a particular reed pipe, and the shepherd sheep withdraw from the crowd to follow their own shepherd home. They know whom they belong to, they know their shepherd's voice, and it's the only one they will follow. I'm glad that Barbara Brown Taylor shared this because at first being likened to a sheep didn't seem that flattering a deal. Sheep seeking to be led and sheep knowing the voice of their shepherd are qualities that are quite endearing when one is trying to live the Christian life. These dimensions of sheep behavior fill out the image. Sheep are gentle, trusting, communal creatures who are led, not driven. Many of us, I think, tend to be driven. It's the hooting and whipping of our passions, convictions, and fears that drive us along from day to day, mostly our fears. And that's what drives cattle, too, fear. When a cattle driver shouts or cracks a whip, the cattle move because they're afraid. How long do you think someone would last in today's business world if they were a 23rd Psalm type of sheep. We live in a culture that is virtually incapable of being led beside the still waters of a quiet stream. We're always too busy trying to dam up that stream for power or use that to divert water to our crops or fight with the communities upstream that seem to be getting more than their share. And that's why this psalm is revolutionary. Because living the way we do, our souls don't get restored. They just get more and more beat up and worn down and bled dry. So what would happen if we lived the way of the 23rd Psalm? We would stop running away from our fears. We might find ourselves fearing no evil, even in the valley of the shadow of death. That's almost inconceivable because we fear being hurt. We are afraid of losing, afraid of rejection, afraid of failure. One might say we're afraid of dying, and in a lot of ways we're afraid to live. I'm struck by the example of Dietrich Bonhoeffer, as the Nazis were rising to power in pre-war Germany, theologian and pastor Bonhoeffer spoke out against them and organized resistance, established underground seminaries to educate German pastors who opposed the, Nazi Germ the Nazis' German Christian movement. And then he found himself on the run as the Nazis closed down his schools and arrested his students. But it was in the midst of all of this that he wrote the book, Life Together. In that book, he revealed something of the spirit that sustained him. He wrote this, For Christians, the beginning of the day should not be burdened and oppressed with besetting concerns for the day's work. At the threshold of a new day stands the Lord who made it. All unrest, all impurity, all care and anxiety flee before him. Therefore, at the beginning of the day, 
Let all distraction and empty talk be silenced, and let the first thought and the first word belong to him to whom our whole life belongs. Well, just a few years after writing these words, he was arrested and executed by the Nazis. Even in the valley of the shadow of death, he wrote about walking each morning to let all unrest, all impurity, all care and anxiety flee before him. Dietrich Bonhoeffer was not driven by his fears. He was led by the Christ he encountered in the Gospels. And like that Christ, even in the defeat of death, he offered a shining hope and a way ahead for a broken and spirit-warped world. So what might our lives look like if we sought that pasture, if we could live by the 23rd Psalm? Maybe we wouldn't be so consumed by consumption. I've watched as my nieces and nephews have grown how they take in messages that our culture surrounds them with, encouraging them to buy. It has made me more conscious of commercials and catalogs and email notifications from websites and, and um, a mailbox that is just full of catalogs that have been transferred from every address I've ever been at. The assumption is that everyone just wants to keep on buying more things. What might it mean to live into the words of the 23rd Psalm, I shall not want? To trust that the shepherd would prepare a table before us. I suppose that each one of us would answer that question differently, but the psalmist certainly wants us to think about how there are things that are more important than things. The controversial and acclaimed Indian Jesuit priest Anthony DeMello writes poetry in which he intends to bridge Eastern and Western Christian images. And in one of his books, The Song of the Bird, he wrote, Hindu India has developed a magnificent image to describe God's relationship with creation. God dances creation. He is the dancer and creation is the dance. The dance is different from the dancer, but it has no existence without the dancer. You can't take it home in a box if it makes you happy. The moment the dancer stops, the dance ceases to be. In our quest for God, he writes, we think too much, we reflect too much, we talk too much. Even when we look at this dance that we call creation, we are the whole time thinking, talking to ourselves and others, reflecting and analyzing and philosophizing. Words, noise, be silent, DeMello continues, and contemplate the dance. Just look, a star, a flower, a fading leaf, a bird, a stone, any fragment of the dance will do. Look and listen and smell and touch and taste, and hopefully it won't be long before you see the dancer. So if you have the courage, take this psalm into your heart and let it remake you. But I warn you, you may never be the same again. 
It might just change you from being driven into being led, led by the good shepherd, but then only if, like DeMello says, you're ready to listen and to follow. When she wrote about this psalm, Barbara Brown Taylor concluded, so sometimes if you have trouble hearing the voice of your shepherd, be patient with yourself because sometimes it sounds like a whistle and some days it sounds like a cluck. Some days it sounds like a love song and some days it sounds like a curse. It is not a voice that always speaks in words, much less complete sentences, but it can usually be heard sometime between your getting up and your lying down each day, leading you beside the still waters and restoring your soul. Thanks be to our Lord, our Good Shepherd. Amen.
Let us affirm our faith with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come again to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Will you pray with me? O oh Lord, our Good Shepherd, we thank you for offering to us green pastures and still waters, replenishment for our souls. We have but to watch the news to see and feel and hear other voices, voices that are disquieting, voices of violence, voices of division. We have only to look into our own hearts to see our prayer concerns, the people for whom we are concerned, those who face circumstances beyond their control, difficult diagnoses and upcoming surgeries and, and grief following loss. Help us above all of those other voices to hear your voice and to know that you offer to us respite and comfort and eternal life. For we pray in your holy name now as you taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, um, forever and ever. Amen. Our closing hymn is, The King of Love My Shepherd Is.
may we go forth in peace. May we listen for the voice of our Good Shepherd, that we may know his goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our lives. And trust that in the fullness of God's time, we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Thank you.